here respected. Expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Dream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your office. Coolest, coolest show you know the hip hop chorus. So welcome to the podcast, The Coolest Show. Uh, please tell the audience uh, who you are and who are the people that you represent. Ooh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is JD. I am White Earth Anishinaabe, uh, which is indigenous people. Our territory is like from, you know, northern so-called Minnesota into over into Michigan and then all the way up into Canada. Um, and I organized with a group called GNU Collective which is an indigenous-led, like, women and two-spirit-led collective. We're, like, mostly focused on cultural revitalization, so that looks like a lot of different things, like, be it, like, mutual aid with our relatives in the city or different territories or, like, gardening, um, like, different cultural camps that we do. So, like, we have our rice camp coming up in about a week. Um, We're going to harvest wild rice. We harvest maple syrup and things like that. So, like, getting people into the woods and, like, doing our, like, traditional practices. But I feel like we're both... We're like most well known for our resistance to the Line Three pipeline through uh, direct action. Please tell the people what are you fighting for? Yeah, so I mean, like the Line Line Three is it's a tar sands pipeline. Um, it's gonna bring in millions of barrels of like crude, like dirty oil from Canada. Um, our relatives up north in like the Athabasca tar sands mines have been fighting this for, for a long time. They're a community of indigenous people. Um, about, I think it's over 80% of the food that this community eats, like comes directly from the land, but they have astronomical rates of cancer because the land and the food that they eat is sick because of the mines near them. That's that same, um, oil being brought down through this pipeline, through our wild rice beds, through our food. Um, and like into into Lake Superior for uh, for foreign export. So uh, we're here in opposition of this pipeline as it's like a violation of our treaty rights and our like right to hunt and gather on our land. Like you know you can't gather food if the food's not there anymore. Um, we know these projects aren't safe. Um, since the construction, they've had over two dozen what they call frack outs where they get drilling fluid mixed in with the surface water. Um, so, you know, it's it's a struggle for our like traditional way of life. Um, just like on top of the fact that the world is on fire and this project's the equivalent of like 50 new coal fire plants. Um, yeah, for both of those reasons. Do, do you feel the presence of the people who are supporting you? I mean, I know sometimes when you're here on the camera, let folks know how long you've been here, but do you, People are really pulling for you because what you're doing here literally means life or death for our planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've been here um, on this frontline struggle for about two years. Um, and it wouldn't be possible without all of the folks who have like come through and shown support. I think it's important to note that like at the peak of Standing Rock, there were about 800 arrests. And even though there haven't been uh, 10,000 people here. We've had nearly 600 people arrested throughout the duration of this campaign. Um, you know, some of us have been here a long time and have like a lot of stacked charges. A lot of us have like multiple open cases and like we just like can't do this work alone. So like 
the support of people who have come from other places is like has been really important. There's a lot of people who have supported at a distance that have helped like sustain us financially, be it like donating food or groceries, um, supporting our bail fund, um, a lot of help getting us out of jail. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it can also it can also be isolating. You know, we're like out in the woods. I feel like things are really secluded. Um, the police have been really escalated and I feel like it is strange when like most people don't know like what you've been through. So like it can be, it can be isolating because like our media only goes so far. Like only so many people know like what we're going through. When you say people have, the police have been escalating, describe that. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen all types of things. There's, um, fairly constant, uh, aerial surveillance of this property. Um, whether it be helicopters, drones, both like small hand-operated drones and uh, predator drones, um, helicopter flyovers. Uh, we've seen them use helicopters to do what's called a rotowash, where a helicopter flies in really low and kicks up dirt at people. It's a tactic that the military uses um, overseas all the time, um, but it was something that you know we saw in rural Minnesota kicking up dirt from this drought at people trying to disperse crowds with like helicopters at low altitudes. Um, the Hubbard County Sheriff, like in partnership with a bunch of other sheriffs um, from Minnesota, actually blocked, blockaded this property for about 24 hours, not letting people in or out. That included uh, towing about a dozen people's cars. They snatched about a dozen people out of our driveway. Um, We've seen uh, use of, of chemical weapons against water protectors, of projectiles. Um, folks are being like increasingly charged with felony charges. Um, felony theft, indifference to ownership is a charge they're, like, they're putting on people now. Um, so just escalation in like charges given to people and to bail. Um, and most recently, the Hubbard County Sheriff's Department has used a tactic called pain compliance where instead of using the extraction teams that we know they have, where they have people come cut people out of um, the devices they're used to lock in, they actually just uh, use uh, pain points on folks. So it's like twisting people's ears, um, like kind of getting underneath people's jaws and like uh, using pain as uh, an incentive for people to unclip. They've given a few folks uh, what's called Bell's palsy, which is face paralysis. Um, yeah, so some folks have like had some pretty serious injuries from the folk police in the last like couple weeks and like we don't know necessarily how permanent those injuries are going to be. I think the last three um, actions that have come out, folks have had to be brought to the hospital before they were taken to jail. So um, yeah, the police escalation is really, is really at this point. You mentioned the hospital, I just got to ask you, I mean, I didn't, it seems like it's weird, really far in the middle of nowhere. How, how far is the hospital from where, 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 we, are, where we are right, right now? Uh, depends on depends on the town and the county. We're actually pretty close to a hospital. There's one, the same block as the jail in this county just happens to be. Uh, but that's not always the case. Sometimes, yeah, you're like maybe an hour out from a hospital. Uh, sometimes they have paramedics on site. Sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like how you knew where both the hospital and the jail were. So it's like, <laughs> e e e either, either way. Do, do you feel safe out here? 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a really that's a funny question because like within this property, yeah, like I feel like most folks here will tell you that they feel safe. Um, I think that a lot of different people have put a lot of work into like starting to build a world that we want to see, which includes like a tight community that like we're all looking out for each other's safety. Communities like based on like mutual respect and consent and boundaries. And I feel like folks, uh, yeah, I feel really safe out here in the woods with, uh, with this community. Um, but you know, on the other side of the driveway, driving in town, like for folks who have been here a while, like we know the police by face, like they know us. Um, and folks are the subject to like pretty constant harassment. If it's just like going to town to do laundry or, you know, even headed to their court dates, like getting pulled over. Um, there was a minute where they were pulling everybody who was leaving our driveway over and giving them, citing them with misdemeanor, uh, <laughs> destruction of land, actually, uh, kind of that, yeah, funny. Um, a judge, a local circuit court judge just ruled that that was an improper use of that law and granted us like a temporary uh, restraining order from the Hubbard County Sheriff. That doesn't mean that he has to leave uh, the people from this property alone. It just means that he cannot continue to ticket people for being on the property. Um, Let me ask you a question. You mentioned the Standing Rock. I, um, were, did you ever, I was out of Standing Rock and know that quite well. And this is actually very different in some cases as a camp than Standing Rock. Um, were you out of Standing Rock and what's the differences and what, what, what have, if you were out of Standing Rock, then what have you learned from that ex experience to now? Um, I personally was not at Standing Rock. This is my first uh, land defense campaign, but this campaign, especially this camp, was created with the knowledge um, from matriarchs from Standing Rock. This. Um, property was actually opened um, by uh, Dead White Plume and uh, LaDonna Allard, both who are no longer with us, but both matriarchs from um, the fight at Standing Rock. Uh, so, like, their presence is still felt in this space, and the knowledge that they've given other folks is definitely here being transferred on. Um, yeah. Well, I, I knew LaDonna uh, very well, and uh, you didn't mention Phyllis Young and others, but definitely um, that, that spirit uh, from that powerful matriarchal spirit um, is actually what I think propelled that. And we now see that with many others like Tyra and, and many others, I'm sure, others who are here. Um, let's talk a little bit about Enbridge. What is, what, is, what is that, I mean, what is that whole... What does Enbridge mean to you, and, and, and why, why, why is it important for this camp to be here to take them on? Uh, yeah, I feel like Enbridge is, you know, is all the things that are colonization, like, at their worst, you know? Like, Enbridge is, you know, peak capitalism and just, like, destruction of everything that, like, we actually need for profit. Um, just, you know, the entitlement to, like, tear through our territory. Um, you know, the entitlement to, like, the things in the earth, that, like, extraction at that scale, um, would be allowed, um, 
just like an embodiment of patriarchy and just 4,000, um, 5,000 out-of-state workers, mostly men, like flooding into our small towns near our reservations. Um, these projects like bring, bring an increase uh, likelihood that women and children on the reservations go missing. I think you're twice as likely to go missing if there's a pipeline project in your area. Um, and like, I feel like that's talked about a lot, but there's like the very real, uh, it's like really real for us who are here. There have been two um, stings since active construction where police broke up um, some child trafficking that was happening. Both of those cases involved Enbridge workers. Um, so it's like, you know, this should we talk about, excuse me, um, this stuff we talk about, it's like, you know, it's not hypothetical. It's not philosophical. Um, <clears throat> this project is like also just like a real threat to our bodies and to our way of life. I, I didn't ask you this earlier. Um, and you may have some, maybe there's some good out here in the woods living. Maybe you may, maybe in your fifties or sixties or something, but you, you know, obviously if you already look great, but uh, what, what's your age? Are you in your, your twenties, your thirties? Where, where are you in that, in that, you know, in, in that age group? <clears throat> yeah, I'm 26. Okay. I don't know so if you like 56, you'd be like, wow, I, 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 I got to go into the woods. Yeah, I look great uh, in, out here. Um, there's another quote about Enbridge. Uh, recently, it has been reported that Enbridge is, is paying for the security forces police here and that they are using, obviously, pain as a tactic, as you mentioned. Um, uh, if you could speak to them, um, if, it, if, if it was possible, for you to have that one-on-one, -on -one, knowing that these folks, mm -hmm. knowing it's clear that their business plan is a death sentence for our communities. We understand that. But if you can be like, just be like, yo, move from where you are in this beautiful, serene area out here, uh, what would you want to tell them? Mm. That's a hard one. I feel like, you know, sometimes... You know, sometimes these workers are, you know, you know, folks who don't who don't mean harm, who are just like trying to get a good paycheck for their family. Um, and I think that that's complicated because like the need to provide for your family is really real, um, you know. But then there are like a large subsect of these workers, you know, who are racist, who like do get pleasure from hurting indigenous people, who like do mean harm to our bodies. Um, and... You know, I don't have a lot to say to them. I think that, you know, they have their minds made up. I think that they've chosen their side. Um, I think sometimes, you know, I feel that way with, you know, with police. I feel like there are, you know, are police who have said as much, who like, who see how they're working as private security for a foreign company that's like brutalizing indigenous people on our territory. They obviously know that that's happening and they maybe even feel bad about it, but at the end of the day, they're not quitting their job. They're still taking us to jail. They're still holding that key. So like, you know, I would ask if, if you feel some guilt, if you feel some remorse, like maybe lean into that, dig into that, search into that, like try and connect with like the part of your soul that's telling you that like, you know, this, it's not right. Um, and like connecting with yourself as a person on that level again, because I think it like I do also feel sad to some extent because it does take 
you know, really removing yourself from the earth and from other people and, like, from seeing, uh, you know, your fellow human as human, that, like, does do some damage to your heart, and I would hope that they could look inside themselves and connect with themselves again. There's two more questions. Um, if you could talk to this current administration, obviously they've canceled Keystone. I don't know if y'all have talked about that here. I've seen some of the reports that, you know, Biden should do the right thing. Um, what's the kind of feeling here of what you, what you would want this administration to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's totally Biden's, uh, Biden's administration. Uh, his Army Corps of Engineers uh, could cancel the 404 permits, could revoke Enbridge's water crossing permits. I think uh, really little hope for them doing the right thing. I think it's pretty late in the game. Enbridge is like 80% constructed. So I think if you were gonna stop this pipeline, you probably would have tried sooner. I think I feel that, you know, for like our local, our governor and our lieutenant governor, uh, Mark Dayton and Peggy Flanagan. uh, Yeah, I feel like there obviously is the right thing to do. I feel like, you know, politicians make us these promises to like respect indigenous sovereignty to, uh, you know, to do something about climate change, you know, but you have this project that's being contested by three of the tribes in the area, uh, Red Lake, White Earth, and uh, Malax, who are all taking like, you know, this project's being allowed to continue like while that's still in the court process. Like, you know, we haven't even had our day in court and the project's almost done, you know? So I feel like there's just like a blatant disregard for our rights as indigenous people, you know, which like is nothing new. I feel like no one's surprised to see that, but I think it's still important to know. And then also just like, yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's laughable that someone would consider themselves a leader on climate and like allow a project that's the equivalent of 50 coal plants, you know, to be built through like some of the last like untouched places that we have, like the headwaters of the Mississippi River, it crosses the headwaters twice. Um, and then into Lake Superior, which is 5% of the world's entire fresh water, uh, you know, all for like, the like dirtiest form of oil to be exported you know to china like it's like it's obviously for profit um and like clearly you know people who don't actually care about doing things about climate change i actually got two quick questions first question y'all listen to music out here in the woods so y'all, y'all, y'all got y'all y'all got little little, little out here camp parties that go on every once in a while just to break, break the, the tension at all yeah yeah totally um we do a lot. We definitely like some dance parties. We had a, a no talent show two <laughs> nights ago. Uh, yeah, I think we had we had a fashion show a couple days ago. We've had some drag queens out to perform. We've got some performance artists here who will do some shows for us. Uh, yeah, I think it's really important. I think that the shit we like are dealing with is just like is really heavy. You know, it's like sad to have your friends in jail and to like be hurt and like to see the destruction that's happening to this land. But I think that like ultimately, you know, we're all experiencing this together and like are also there to like lift each other's spirits up and like to have fun, you know, little like trips to the lake in between make a big difference. Like being with the water and like with each other in the downtime, it's important. How, how can people support you in, in a camp? Uh, what do you want them to how, how can they do that right now uh yeah for sure um you know there's the basic level process stuff like you know contacting the army corps of engineers like letting them know 
you care, letting them know that you know that they have the power to stop this project. Um, folks can also, excuse me, uh, we have a bail fund up, uh, line3bailfunds.org. Uh, that's really helpful. Um, we're seeing some like really astronomical bails. I think folks were given a $25,000 conditional release for um, so for a lockdown that happened a few weeks ago. So like, just like in need of like still consistent funding. Um, and then also if folks wanna donate directly to the supplies at camp, folks can go to stopline3.org, take action onto the take action tab, donate directly to the front lines. And that money goes to a uh, GNU collective. Man, thank you for what you're doing out here. Tell everybody that um, on behalf of the Hip Hop Caucus, that we support y'all, appreciate y'all, love y'all, and I'll keep on fighting. Well, we came outside today because the planet is dying and the planet is crying for recovery. And as the planet cries, our communities are crying. Yeah, so how it first started out for me was just because, or not for me, but for my community, yeah, yeah. was because this oil company tried to enter our territories without our consent back in. 2002, so that's a long time ago, but um, it, it, it started this process of my people fighting and back then everything was different, you know, there was no internet, there was like, in my community is a very remote community, it's, there are no roads there, we have to go there by canoe, we still live in our huts, it's in the middle, in the middle of the rainforest. Um, so we didn't really have the means to fight the Ecuadorian state and um, one of the biggest oil companies in the area back then. Um, so that began an over 10 year process. But you know, when you grow up in that, when you see all this happening around you at such a young age, yeah. and when you see like the, the connections between the social injustices they are, um, the racism that exists against our communities, uh, the the violence against women that happens and that comes with extractivism. You know, um, I, I was one of the few people in my community that, that had access to to very to high quality education. Um, so, so from a very young age, I realized you know I have a huge responsibility to give back to my community. So now, right now, I'm just, you know, seeing what I can do right now, how I can use this year to work with, with women, with um, indigenous women and in, in the Amazon, because to be able to resist everything that is happening, because in Ecuador, like, it's, it's mining, it's oil, it's uh, right now the extraction of balsa trees that is, you know, coming through in the Amazon. Um, it's, there's a lot of, of internal work that needs to be done. And, and and it's also to to be able to to make sure that the people that are fighting right now are able to keep fighting. Uh, it's even harder for women to to get through a, a judicial process. But you're, they might give you someone from the state uh, state state. Uh, what what is it called? Like a lawyer that the state gives yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but you know, it probably is the same over here. So to actually give these women access to um, it's it's a small fund, but we're pushing for it. Uh, it's uh, you know. Pitching, fundraising. Oh. It's called uh, Legal Fund for Indigenous Women. Um, it's you know it's uh, on on ongoing fund me. Um, it goes through directly an, an NGO that is you know collaborating with us and make sure that uh, that everything is in place. We get all the paperwork in place you know with them. Um, so. What's your thoughts on? I know you hear also been around with the uh, 
stop line three. They all have a very similar, like they have yeah. a legal fund too for all people getting arrested. But, yeah. but what are your thoughts on that? You're here as a part of observing that process as well. I mean, I just heard that 600 people got arrested. Um, and, and I was just thinking like for um, your rights and fighting for, you know, water and like basic human rights is something that it, that's going to get you in jail. That is putting fear into the people and make sure and I think it's, it's extremely important that there, there are these type of funds. People will know that, okay, if something happens to me while I'm fighting, I have all my people behind me, but not just the people, not the, just their voices, but there was, there, like, it's, I'm actually going to have access to some kind of support to get, to get through that, you know? Because obviously we can't have 600 people imprisoned and then just let them stay there. If we, if we keep going like that, you know, the people that are fighting are going to, end up all everyone's gonna end up in jail um so yeah, i think it's it's really good and i think it's you know extremely courageous of them to they know the risks they know the risks until so they continue someone in the amazon as, your, as a water protector yourself solidarity with those water protectors as well i think we we're all experiencing the same types of violence against us it's and the, the violences that are, are here are, are against women, it's against our lands, it's against our waters, and it's the same we're experiencing in the Amazon. Um, it may look a little bit different because of our country's work a little bit different, but it's, it's the same way of seeing the world, it's the same uh, way of, of, of seeing the land, of seeing people, um, seeing our lands and our people as something to, ex to extract from to exploit. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I know that when, when Standing Rock was happening, there was also a delegation from my community that came here to show solidarity, to show support. Um, and it, it's very important because it's, it's also important for people to know that all over the world, even from the, 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 the communities that are so remote as my community, we're watching what's happening here. We know what's, what's happening here. A lot of people that are here also people of, of, of my age, you know, people um, that are fighting for their future. I, it's, it's, it was a, an honor for me to, to be able to meet those people because I know what they're fighting for. I know everything that they're risking to, to fight for that. Yeah, one more question. We are here in Minneapolis. My question is, one thing that we say a lot is that racial justice is climate justice and climate justice is racial justice. You're literally standing not too far from where George Floyd was murdered um, and where uh, an officer, a white officer, uh, was on his neck almost 10 minutes to literally kill him. Um, what's your word to those in this country who are fighting both those battles? Um, talk about that and what it means for you to be here in this now almost sacred location, but kind of the epicenter of Black Lives Matter. I think the knee um, that killed that man really represents the oppression that is killing everyone else in here and in the Amazon and in everywhere where there is this type of oppression. And as I said, I think that the, the idea of, of exploiting our people, of killing our people, of exploiting our lands, it's the same. It's the same type of oppression. Um, you know, as you said, racial justice is, is climate justice. Social justice is climate justice.
if we could take the knowledge that indigenous peoples have, that people of colors have, um, this world would look entirely different. And, and it's so sad because just uh, back home uh, a year ago during the pandemic, my community was hit by floods that we had never seen before. Of, of magnitudes that we had never seen before. A lot of my family members lost their homes, and this is during a pandemic where you cannot go out to the to the city, um, where you cannot go out to the city to get food because all our our, our crops were destroyed. Um, but imagine this is a community, and I think it, it in, in my mind because I thought we have been fighting so much, we have done everything. Every everyone in my community gave up everything to protect it, to protect our community back home. Like, it would be so unjust for something like that to happen to us. And then it did happen, you know. And we are the ones that have at least contri contributed to, to, to climate change. How can people, if they want to help and support you, uh, uh, how can they do that? Yes, yeah, so to support the legal fund, um, um, so to support the legal fund, you can uh, donate in the... Uh, indigenous Women's Legal Fund that will be in the description. Um, but also, every every time something is happening in the Amazon, uh, it's really important that the world is aware of what is happening. Uh, so spreading the word, word um, you know, raising awareness of, of what is going on because our system actually works like if, if there is public pressure, um, there is actually uh, more more probabilities of, of us winning, for example, a, a legal case um, when it comes to a community, when it's, if it's a case, a community against a, a company. You know? The reason why the CEO is still being here is so egregious is for this reason. Can you imagine during the time of slavery and they were having an abolition movements against slavery, that the abolitionists asked a slave trader to speak at the abolitionist meeting. That would be crazy, especially if they still have slaves back home. The idea that Shell is still pumping oil and gas, that is causing my home state of Bruce Gettin to be called Cancer Island, and is speaking here on a platform where we need to move forward is outrageous. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us at Think100Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100% which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's the coolest show you know.